on WFSU Radio in Tallahassee, Florida. My dangerous idea is that historically black colleges and universities need to be one of the lead agencies that will define and defend African humanity. For the last 40 years, I have been a practitioner of the Lukumi Afro-Cuban spiritual tradition. As a result of many profound experiences, I have come to realize that one of the most critical issues black people face today is the need to understand that we are African people. The legacy of slavery and colonialism has left us decimated from cultural and mental genocide. Historically, black colleges and universities need to be one of the lead agencies that will define and defend African humanity. The dialogue must be moved beyond the false dichotomy of segregation versus integration and the lie of race as a meaningful definition of human life. HBCUs have done and continue to do miraculous work in spite of enormous opposition and criminal underfunding. Historically, black colleges and universities exist within a context of white social control. The social contract under which HBCUs were created was one of extreme duress, characterized by the betrayal of post-Reconstruction politics and the terrorism of Jim Crow. The very idea of restoring black people to authentic Africanity at the time most HBCUs were established was equivalent to madness. HBCUs still do not reflect the true needs of African people in recovery from the monstrous crime of global slavery. HBCUs reflect a white aesthetic that denies any significant loss by African people. Because of this limitation, they are not currently organized to meet the true needs of black people as an autonomous African people. We have been taught to believe that tens of thousands of years of our history prior to the horrors of slavery are inconsequential and have no value or voice to inform our current situation. It is our human right to educate and socialize our children in our own image and interest. We must reframe the mission of HBCUs in order to provide an educational experience that places black African people in the center of their own existence for as long as the sun shines and the rivers flow. Okay. Hey, welcome to the first podcast of uh, HBCUs Reframed. Um, I want to tell you a brief story, maybe a couple of brief stories. And some things I'm not sure people understand about the founding of Black Studies Departments some 50 years ago. When they got started, there were no black studies professors. The black studies professors that ended up teaching the courses, at least at uh, the University of Pittsburgh, where I attended, were for the most part, um, did not have uh, college academic degrees. 
They were highly skilled, experienced, intelligent people who were writers and dancers, poets, and community educators, philosophers. But they did not necessarily carry um, PWI credentials. When I tried to have a conversation with um, one HBCU president about reframing the mission of HBCUs, uh, I think his anxiety level went through the roof. And he uh, very excitedly confronted me and asked me, well, who are, who are, are going to teach all these courses? If we reframe the mission of HBCUs to address the needs of African people, who's going to do this? Because most of many of the HBCUs that exist now, the professors are not equipped to do this work. They're European They are from other countries, and they have no clue, and I accept that. However, if we understand what it means to get started by any means necessary, we may have to go the route of the founding of Black Studies Department, Black Studies Departments from 50 years ago. However, we are more fortunate today that we have many, many, many African-focused scholars with degrees from PWIs who are more than uh, equipped to address these needs. The other uh, story, just real briefly, about 50 years ago when I was at the University of Pittsburgh, uh, the Black Action Society brought in Dr. Joseph Ben-Jokanen, and he had recently received his PhD in the last few years, and he told the story of his return home to his family, to the community, and they gave a, a party for him to celebrate the fact that he had received his PhD in history. And... um As the evening went on, he found that he could not get a word in edgewise between his father and his uncles and the other elders. And so, you know, it was kind of awkward. And he said at some point during the evening, his father asked him, he said, boy, you think you're so smart. He said, the very first man who received the very first PhD, who give it to him? And he got real quiet because he almost immediately knew the answer. Well, the very first person who received the very first PhD, it was given to him by someone who didn't have one. And that's what he said. He said it must have been given to him by someone who didn't have one. And he said, yeah, so go over there and sit down, shut up and listen to us speak. (laughs) Um, I am not saying that uh, folks with education are not extremely valuable. I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying that every dummy that's running around with no degree 
knows what they're talking about. But the focus of this conversation is primarily going to be on common sense, on common understanding, on the very obvious history of America, of Africans, and of the world. Now, I know we all have some strange ideas and, you know, some of us believe that uh, aliens created the, uh, the uh, pyramids and, you know, Egypt is still some question mark in your mind. However, we're not going to get that deep. We're going to look at the very public the very commonly understood history of what has happened to us, of what Europeans have documented as their misbehavior, their crimes, because they they can't help themselves. They just repeatedly document these things, especially when we're talking about the Berlin Conference, when that happened and the implications of the Berlin Conference on the founding of HBCUs because the Berlin Conference essentially said that those African people on this continent that we're going to cut up like a dead animal are inconsequential. They're savages. They are not worthy of even sitting at the table as we carve up their nations. That is the context in which HBCUs were founded. So I'm going to see if I can find some folks to come and talk to me and bat these ideas around. And we're going to see how to operationalize this idea. How do we get this um, obvious information in front of the people that need to implement this by any means necessary. Thank you.